taken the time in his life to write a book to help us to understand the position of Srila Prabhupada. He has taken the time in his life to bring that forward in his foundation for all of our benefits, especially those emotions that are not Srila Prabhupada disciples. And that means most of us are sitting in those rooms. So his great dream group who he's been, actually they decided to the program since 1971. And he has been selflessly and tirelessly serving Shiva So we are inviting him to share with all of us so that we can move forward in the mood of understanding more deeply Shiva Prabhupada's mission and at the same time understand the mood of our spiritual master simultaneously, how together they made a difference on the planet. And so I would like to introduce His Holiness, I'm sorry, His Grace, the Minister Rupalu, to please share with us. The time is 45 minutes for yourself and His Holiness, the Rupalu Maharaj, to share the theme of your presentation, Issue of Prabhupada's Position. Thank you very much. <laughs> I had this assignment from the GDC about six years ago, started uh, during the investigation of Sri Prabhupada's position. And uh, ended up producing uh, a booklet. I didn't bring any with me, unfortunately. Published by the GDC Press and was passed uh, and unanimously by the GDC body as a GDC foundational document. And it's very important uh, that, that this book and what it tells us become part of our blood and guts and nervous system so we can understand. How we are still in the presence of Srila Prabhupada. How we are serving Srila Prabhupada. The importance of our cooperation together in that service to Srila Prabhupada. I learned a bit of devotee for many years. I knew Prabhupada to some extent. I remember exchanges with him. I read all his books. Anyway, I thought I knew it, but I discovered many things that I didn't fully realize before. And one of the things that I learned about Srila Prabhupada is the extent to which he is a disciple. I think someone's the biggest lesson to us is the lesson of discipleship. Acharya means one who teaches by example. His example is not to be great. His example is to become small. 
We've seen in our movement people try to also become great, uh, thinking they're following Prabhupada and it turned out they became small. For those who actually became small, they become great. Because, because Prabhupada was such an incredible disciple of Bhagavad Gita. In the course of researching this book, I started to read the Hanas uh, from 1927 to 1936. Uh, this was the magazine in English that Bhakti Siddhartha was the editor. Whenever he described in the magazine, some, a lot of times when he described in the magazine, it says the editor went here, the editor did this, the editor gave an initiation, and so on. So he was very, he was very uh, important to him that type of the editor. So, it's a very authorized magazine. It's the precursor of Bhaktivedanta in its way. Uh, so, so I, I ended up reading a great deal of it, and I discovered, first of all, what the Gaudiya Mahal was like when it was talking. The amount of enthusiasm, energy, uh, uh, and deep commitment that was there. And that made me realize the extent of Prabhupada's disappointment when it fell apart after the disappearance of Bodhisattva. What it also made me appreciate was uh, that, that how Prabhupada started the Bodhisattva movement left off. There was a 30 year gap. Maybe the gap was necessary because what happened during that gap was World War II. It was really hard to preach around the world during that time. But he started off again just where he left off. And he followed him very, very, very precisely. Which is, we have Sri the Prabhupada because of his dedication to doing what his spiritual master wanted. In Prabhupada's first meeting with Bhakti Siddhanta and his last meeting, the same model was there, preaching English. That meant preach around the world, go outside of India. The first meeting, Prabhupada was a student, Bhakti Siddhanta saw he was good at English, he should preach in English. Just a couple of weeks before Bhaktisiddhanta's disappearance, Prabhupada tells how I wrote him a letter and saying, My godbrothers, they're sannyasis, brahmacharis, they're doing so much, I'm a householder, I can't do very much. Is there anything I can do to serve you? And he got the same thing, you can't spread this movement in English. And Prabhupada said, I couldn't imagine what to do. Here he was, at the time he was in Bombay, he was doing business. He was outside the, the Bombay Godiamat temple, but he was helping out a lot and basically managing the place of what I could understand. But then he got decided to preach an English and go to the West. And Prabhupada said, I couldn't imagine you know, what to do. I do this or that. It's like an impossible order. He used to have his TV program, Mission Impossible, you know, because it's like <laughs> Mission Impossible. 
But then, Prabhupada said he got some inspiration from reading Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's commentary on the Yavasahatmika Bhuti. That you cannot be successful, that verse says, in Krishna consciousness unless you have a single-minded purpose to serve the Lord. And from, from Vishnu Chakravarti's commentary, that means taking the order of the spiritual master as your life and soul. Don't worry about being liberated or not being liberated, just do it. So he got some inspiration from this. And so he, he said, I tried a little bit in that way. Uh, uh, that's what he said he did. Uh, and, and so he started in 1944 writing in English, back to Godhead Magazine, writing the articles himself, getting it printed it out in. Distributing it too to people. And then, of course, we know he started writing the books. And uh, finally, you know, in uh, 1965, he was able to come by himself to go to But it sent preachers to England in 1933. See, that was a tough year, right? That was the year Hitler came to power in Germany. So you knew all hell was going to break loose. Well, they didn't know it then, but. We know it, That was the year they came. You could even read in the harvest when they were in Germany. The things like, uh, Herr Dr. Goebbels has kindly agreed to inaugurate the Vyasa Puja ceremony in Berlin for Srila Prabhupada. We talking about Herr Dr. Goebbels. And that Bon Maharaj had an appointment with Herr Hitler. It's just so weird to read this. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that was, that was uh, he, they, they, when they sent those, those missionaries, the whole effort of the Gaudiya monk was behind them. Huge numbers of people were working together. They had a book, Prabhupada had three books. They had a book uh, called Sri Krishna Chaitanya, written by Bhakti Sanatha's disciple who was a professor, Vishikant Sadal, a professor of history at Ravenshaw College, written in a very elevated English. Uh, the, with, and the, 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 the preachers left when they had the first volume in their hand and projected through volume four. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and I got a copy of one of the original copies from Interlibrary Loan that they, that they had taken to England, uh, and, and first-class paper, flawless printing, flawlessly edited. The binding, the original binding was still there, and held up after all these years. They had really put money and effort to something come out of India in 1932. Amazing. And then I thought of Prabhupada's books I have, the original Bhagavatams that he brought me to you, three volumes, you know? The papers dissolving, bindings falling off, and, and of course he didn't have any proofreaders or anything like that. But he did it the same way. He brought books with him. He studied Pontius Siddhartha so carefully, and then he just followed what he did, and that's why he came to the West because he was told to do so, even though mission impossible. And then all of a sudden. Things started to happen. So he did, so one of the things that 
very much impressed with me how much he was the disciple of And you have to know that when Prabhupada was asked to give a personal prana mantra because nobody knew the Sanskrit, Sanskrit to write one, Prabhupada gave us that mantra, Namaste, Saraswati Devi. Now people say Saraswati Devi, which is not what it says. It says Saraswati Devi, with an E, not an I. Meaning the son or servant of Bhakti Siddhartha Saraswati. I, I, to this day I hear Kirtans, Namaste Saraswati Devi. Probably she's a wonderful goddess, but <laughs> this is Saraswati. Prabhupada's name in that mantra is servant of Bhakti Siddhartha Saraswati. That's what he is. He's coming as the servant. And what is he doing? Uh, he's spreading Krishna consciousness through the Western world, which are full of Nirvishesha and Shundava. He's doing what we, all the the founder acharyas did, the Sampradaya acharyas. They wrote extensive works, they took on Mayavad philosophy, and they spread Vaishnavism all over their world anyway, India. He's doing the same thing. As the servant of Bhakti Siddhartha says, not on his own accord, but as his representative or as his servant. I once heard a tape where some gentleman, Indian gentleman, was praising Sri Prabhupada. And Prabhupada said, I'm not a magician, I haven't done anything in one. He said, only one thing is to my credit. I have always remained a servant. I've never tried to become a master. That's what he would take credit for, that I've always remained a servant. He learned that lesson, the lesson of discipleship. And it's what we have to also learn. Now Prabhupada is special for us in ISKCON because he's not a previous Acharya. He's the founder of Acharya. I also did research to find out where did this term founder Acharya come from. When I started looking at the harmonists, I saw that Bhakti Siddhanta says what he talked about. Did not have that title? It's kind of mind-boggling. And, and but it was it was in that work Sri Krishna Chaitanya said that uh, there there there's before you get to Chaitanya there's about a 230 or 280 pages before then of history previous to Lord Chaitanya there's a chapter called the history of atheism which mostly deals with Buddhism history of theism and there when he starts talking about the Vaishnavas, there's this word, founder of Acharya, shows up. It's the name for Ramanujan and Marka, Madhva, and Vishnu's The four Sampradaya Acharyas. They are the founder of Acharyas. Bhakti Siddhanta eventually had a hyphenated name, President Acharya. Acharya, as far as I know, for all the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, as far as they were concerned, and President of the Vishwa Vaishnava Rajasattva the name that uh, was used uh, as, sometimes the Gaudiyamat temples were called temples affiliated with the Vishwa Vaishnava Rai 
that was a, that, that's a phrase found in the writings of Jiva Goswami at the end of every Sandarva. The Vishal Vaishnava Raj Samha. When Bhakti Siddhanta reignited it or reestablished it, reilluminated it with a ceremony, uh, they said the meaning of it is Vishal Vaishnava Raj Samha. Samha means uh, assembly or group. Community somehow. Uh, uh, and then it's translated different ways, but in this particular article, the Vaishnava Raj is Lord Chaitanya, the king of the Vaishnavas. Other times people say it's, uh, and in, in the harmonist, Raj Sabha, the royal assembly of the great Vaishnava. But here, Vishwa Vaishnava was Lord Chaitanya, and universal. So, I, to me, this indicated one of the roots of the name International Society for Krishna Consciousness, because the word Krishna Chaitanya can be translated as Krishna Conscious. So, International Society for Krishna Consciousness, Vaishnava Raj refers to Lord Chaitanya, there it is. The same organization in, a, in, a, in another form. So he continued. So, so anyway, these uh, four founder charges uh, spread Vaishnavism all over the world, defeated Mayavad philosophy, just like Prabhupada Pranam Mantra tells us. And they said the Western world. Uh, if you read the Chaitanya Charitamrita, the Western world, and that part of India where people were particularly falling, <laughs> according to the Vindavans, <laughs> the West was always a fallen place, wherever the West was. Anyway, so this is this this Kalpan came as the servant of Bhakti Siddhartha and he is the founder of Chaya. And I, I found in the harmonist. A series of articles done in 1930, in which, for the Gaudiya Mat, there and I, I use a scholarly term, ecclesiology. The word ecclesiology means the philosophy of the religious institution, and there's an ecclesiology for the Gaudiya Mat, and part of that ecclesiology. And, and that's where this was, article was written by Sanyal. And he's explaining in that article how the brand new temple opening in Calcutta is not the center of the Gaudiya Mat. The center of the Gaudiya Mat is the Sri Chaitanya Mat in Mayapur. That's the parent temple. In all the issues where they list the temples, there's the parent temple. So in this, in this article, 
and in subsequent articles, they want to stress the fact that this temple in Mayapur is the parent temple and all others are its extensions. They call the new Calcutta temple its extension into the heart of the modern urban environment. Being Calcutta, 1930s. But it's that temple extended out of Mayapur. And they, they emphasize the centrality not only of Mayapur, but of this temple. And it's in this article that Sanyal uses the word Foundracharya to refer to Bhaktisiddhanta. Never had that title, but there it's being used. He's called the Foundracharya. And he says the reason that temple is central is not because Lord Chaitanya appeared in Mayapur, but because Mayapur is the descended spiritual world. In the spiritual world, where is Lord Chaitanya's pastimes? It's a place called Svetadvi. Just as there's Krishna in Vrindavan, and there's that place, and there's Krishna in Dwarka, and there's that place, all in, you know, the topmost like of the planet. And then another place is Svetadvi, where Lord Chaitanya has his eternal pastimes. And he says in that article that this temple, the Sri Chaitanya Mat, you may have been there, it's the one that's octagonal, they call it a huge octagonal temple. And it's a temple which has four sides, a shrine to each of the founder acharyas. And as you circumambulate, you see them. And they're making the point it's a preaching temple, and it's showing that Lord Chaitanya's Achincha Veda, Veda Tattva, is the synthesis of the doctrine and completion of the doctrines given by the four founder charges. Shura Dvaita, Vishista Dvaita, Dvaita, These have their each particular Vedanta, theistic Vedanta, that they anticipate and they perfect, predict, find their perfection in Lord Chaitanya. That's what that teaches, that temple teaches. And they said the temple is there together with the founder of China. And it's shown here. So this explained to me the temple we are building in Maya. Why Prabhupada wanted that land so badly. When he first, almost the very beginning, in the early 70s, in the yeah, the beginning of the 70s, he was looking for land in Mayapur, and a few God brothers were trying to stop him from getting it. So it was delayed. But he wanted that land. And as soon as he got it, there was another little delay, but I think it was in 72, he laid the foundation stone for his temple. And he said, this is our world headquarters. The devotees looked around and saw cane fields and rice fields where you had to bathe out of a hand pump. And there was no telephone. At that point, you had to go, you know, quite a ways to find a telephone. This is our world headquarters. And then later when we came for the uh, festival, we thought, what, what is Prabhupada doing having this world headquarters here? 
And people would argue, shouldn't it be in Bombay at least? And, you know, but that was the world headquarters. And that turns out to be where that cornerstone was is where the temple is going up. That's also divine arrangement. We were going to have it some other place, and there are all kinds of legal technicalities. And here was the original land that Prabhupada had bought, and we found an old uh, uh, legal map of our territory, of our land, that said, on that land, Mandir land. No problem with the authorities. Mandir land, temple land. And so that's where it's, that's where it's going. So that temple is part of the ecclesiology of this. It's the same thing as the Gaudiya Mount. It's clear that Prabhupada had to start all over. He tried, he, as soon as he got to America, he wrote letter after letter to God Brothers to cooperate with him, and he got no help. The letters are there, and I quote out a lot of them. He tried really hard to get everybody together again, and there was no help. He tried again a little later, and he was uh, corresponding with the secretary of, of, of the, the uh, uh, Gaudiya Mat in Calcutta, and, and not getting much of a response. And he said, wrote to Brahmananda, he says, I know it's a hopeless case, but you know me, I never give up hope. <laughs> but nothing came of it. That's, we wonder why he did his own thing, because he tried to, to, to unify everybody, because that's a very important principle, unified cooperative action. It didn't work. And, but, then, but he, so he just followed the model. And so we have this temple of the Vedic Planetarium. It's a teaching temple, like the Sri Ketanya Man is a teaching temple. It teaches a Chichabeda, Veda Tattva in another way. It shows you here is the material world and it is Krishna's energy. The first step in God realization. It's a teaching temple. You go there and you learn our Bhagavad philosophy. And you see the world as it seen as the universal form of the Lord, as a person, as the Vishwarupa. That's not all that happens there. The interesting thing is what happens there is here is the center. And, and if this temple is an extension of that temple, we take the same ecclesiology. This temple is an extension. Every temple of this come, there's Srila Prabhupada, guarding the entranceway. Here is an entrance onto the path back to Godhead. And they make the point that because it's a spiritual institution, every part is the whole. They reference Ishavashyamidamsarva. That that in, in that I in that idea. Uh, 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 a spiritual entity, every part is the whole. But also in the Brahma Samhita. So we are, in one sense, we are, we are there. And there's an entrance way out here in the middle of nowhere. It's an entrance. And all the other temples all around the world are entrances. They go to the center. 
They converge upon Mayapur. Because after all, this is the age of Lord Chaitanya. This is Adarya Dham, Mayapur, the magnificent. Lord Chaitanya is the avatar for this age. That's where it has to converge. Of course, we have Vrindavan and all these things, but access to Vrindavan, Prabhupada said for our pilgrimage, we go to Mayapur first, then we go to Vrindavan. So there's Prabhupada. When you get there to that temple, as it turns out, his Pushpa Samadhi is right at the entrance, looking straight at it. He's here as the guardian of the path back to Godhead that he created. And what, what does that temple illustrate? You go, you see the universe, and you take a tour. You go up the balconies to the various levels, and you follow the journey of Gopal Kumar through the universe, through all the planetary systems, through Maharoka, Tapaloka, Janaloka, Satyaloka, and on upward to Krishnaloka. That's the path back to Godhead. So the path back to Godhead that has an entrance here, that's where it goes. So Prabhupada has opened up that path. Now I want to read you a letter that Srila Prabhupada wrote uh, in uh, early December 1972 to Tusta Krishna Swami. Uh, he says here on this one, one uh, question, because there was a contention, the voters were fighting with each other, people were not getting along, and you'll see the name Siddhasuru. Uh, there was a conflict. People were following him and against the others and things would happen. He says, uh, your next question, after leaving this material realm, does the devotee remain forever with his spiritual master? The answer is yes. But I think you have got a mistaken idea in this connection. You speak of pure devotee that is Shatyaveshavatar, we should obey him only. These things are the wrong idea. Well, I can follow Prabhupada, but I can't follow this guy or that guy or another devotee. If anyone thinks like that, that a pure devotee should be obeyed and no one else, that means he's nonsense. We advise everyone to address one another as Prabhu. Prabhu means master. So, how the master should be disobeyed? Others, they are also pure devotees. This is what he's saying, how we should think. Others, they are also pure devotees. All of my disciples are pure devotees. Anyone sincerely serving the spiritual master is a pure devotee. It may be Siddhasuru or others, not Siddhasuru. <laughs> this must be clearly stated. It is not only that your Siddhasuru is a pure devotee and not others. Do not try to make a faction. Siddhasuru is a good soul, but others should not be misled. Anyone who has surrendered to the spiritual master is a pure devotee. 
it doesn't matter your citizen or non-citizen. See, this history, he was affectionate towards citizen Amongst ourselves, we should expect one another as Prabhu, Master, one another. As soon as we distinguish, here is a pure devotee, here is a non-pure devotee, that means I'm nonsense. Why you want to be, why you only want to be in the spiritual sky with Siddhisattva? Why not all? If Siddhisattva can go, why not everyone? Siddhisarupa will go, you will go, Shaivasundra will go, all of us will go. We will have another Iskand there. Of course, Mr. Nair will stay. <laughs> you know who Mr. Nair is? He's the person that Prabhupada bought the property for the uh, Bombay temple and who tried to cheat you to Prabhupada many different ways. Jiri Raj can tell you the whole story he was there. Mr. Nair will stay. And if somebody does not go, then I shall have to come back and take him there. One should remember this, and every one of my disciples should act in such a way that they may go with me and may not have to come back and take another birth. Let's talk. We shall have another Iskand there. So when I think of Iskand, I think there's another Iskand there. Prabhupada is there. Many disciples are with them. Bhaktivedanta Swami is with them. These people are there. And furthermore, now this is my own personal conviction, I sometimes think, Prabhupada may have to come back, but then somebody will say, don't you go, Prabhupada, I'll go for you. I'm sure that will happen. So I think there's even some a circulation will start. Some, some will go there, completely qualified to live in the spiritual world, but saying, you know, there's still some people back there, let's go get them. So when people sometimes use the expression greater ISKCON, meaning ISKCON and what I call ISKCON shadow. <laughs> well, in this world, the greater ISKCON is, is the other direction. That's the greater ISKCON. And that's where Srila Prabhupada is. And I am sure that now he is looking after this movement and just waiting to see anyone who will follow his orders, he'll pick them up and use him or her. Anyone. He's ready to there to do it. Because his mission is going on. And he is doing this to settle what they did. I'm sure Bhakti Siddhanta is there with him. Prabhupada told us once uh, that, that, that I, he, he said in the lecture that I come to America to satisfy my spiritual master, but I couldn't do very much, but then my spiritual master has sent you, nice American boys and girls, to help me. So we, some of us, it may have been sent. And those people who, with so, so much advancement, Prabhupada said to us that, you know, de devotional service is a continuation of our, our previous life. Not the first time I thought I heard, great, I was devotee in my last life. 
Then it took me a few years, and oh, that means I blew it in my last life. <laughs> But maybe those people, so many people live there, Bodhi and Madhanas, maybe they're just come again. Uh, uh, but I'm sure Bhakti Siddhanta is also there with Sri Prabhupada. This is, this is the, their, their mission. So this is how I see our movement. This is how I see this and, and, and the visible expression of the link between this world and that world is the temple of the Vedic planetarium. Because that shows us how these things are linked up. It shows us the spiritual universe, how it is seen by the yogis, the devas, and the pure devotees. Naturally, we don't have the passwords to get there. Well, we do have the passwords. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> And as our chanting becomes more and more perfect, it will open up the whole gateway for us. So that's, that's my understanding of Srila Prabhupada's position in relationship uh, to this movement. So we are uh, supposed to leave a little more time for uh, now questions or comments. Well, Sonari, go ahead. It better be a softball. Wait a second. You need a microphone. Takes it, but he did make his comment. That's a fact. 
And he took that title, founder and charter. As I said, it was being prepared for Bhakti Siddhartha. My conviction is that Bhakti Siddhartha was planning to go to the West himself. He was planning to go to London and then to America. He never went. He got disappointed with his main preacher, recalled him, wouldn't see him. Uh, uh, so that was, so he never went. And that's why when Prabhupada did go, he satisfied him. He, he continued the mission right where he was planning to go. My belief is that when Bhakti Siddhanta would have established the movement in the West, Nishikhan Sanyal and his other leaders would have offered it the title Founder Charter. It didn't happen. So in his name, Our Shri Prabhupada has accepted. Okay, anything else? So Bhakti Siddhartha Saraswati didn't accept that title? Wasn't given? Uh, as far as I can see, uh, did he asked if Bhakti Siddhartha didn't accept the title. Uh, first of all, titles were given ceremoniously. You didn't give yourself a title. Uh, Bhakti Siddhartha had one organization where every year they would get together and people would be awarded titles. They would award each other titles. Uh, even when Prabhupada took the name Prabhupada, it wasn't until Govinda Dasi asked, you know, he didn't say, call me Srila Prabhupada. Can we call you that? Uh, there's just a certain Achara is involved with these things uh, like that. So, but to, to, to my mind, because uh, he had used that term, uh, Nishikan Sanyal used that term tw twice later on in 36, in the pages of the Harmonist of which Bhakti Siddhartha says what he was the editor, I, I, I would have had to have the approval of Bhakti Siddhartha to use it. And so my speculation or inference is that it was being prepared for Bhakti Siddhartha and that he would have taken it. And my biggest evidence is when Prabhupada came to the West, you will find in the second issue of Back to Godhead magazine, Founder Acharya, A.C. Bhakti Siddhartha Swami. There was no Prabhupada yet. Not a stationary at first in Acharya, but it was in the, the second and third of early editions of Back to God Ed, you see the book, you could have listed them all. Disappears for a while, and then after there was in 72, when there was this attempt to subvert Srila Prabhupada, it became uh, mandatory that it showed up underneath all of his pictures. So that's how it happened. But it was there, the second issue of Back to God, Founder Acharya. And that's where it comes from. These couple of places in the Harmonist, I'm sure Prabhupada read the Harmonist very carefully, as he did all English language publications, as well as Sri Krishna Tetanya. He, early on, a devotee found that book. Prabhupada said it's very much authorized, and we can publish chapters in Back to God magazine. Maybe one more question or comment?
Do you have a, you have a microphone for soft-spoken mariachi? <laughs>
I think my time is up. Thank you very much. Beautiful. Bye.